And we are the Extra Sisters, so sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to episode 125, and in this episode, we are going to discuss I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House. <laughs> for the Netflix original film, it is still on Netflix if you'd like to watch it. probably will be forever. They don't tend to pull off their own original films. This is a 2016 film. This is like Netflix trying to be A24. I yeah in my opinion you know i actually texted you and i was like i'm so sorry <laughs> i was so excited to figure out why like why you're so sorry do you know now because we haven't talked about it i actually and it was slow but other than that i don't know why you were so sorry okay i thought you were absolutely gonna fucking hate this movie so that's you know i actually liked the beginning of it Okay, and that's so interesting it because I thought that you would find this film pretentious to the point where you just hated it. Like, didn't think it was good enough to be as pretentious as mm. it was. That's why I thought you were going to hate it. I actually liked the artsy part of this. I didn't mind the narrator. I, I loved the shots. That's actually part of what I have written down of my notes. Are the shots were so cool. They were always off-center, and they were a little blurry especially at the end which obviously we'll get there and there's a reason why but at the end it's all very blurry and i kind of liked the artsy of that but it did it was less than an hour and a half long and it was pretty slow and it didn't have enough spooks honestly yeah it definitely felt the atmosphere was really well done it carried the mm -hmm. creepy atmosphere through the entire film that's really all it has as far as scare effect in my opinion to keep a true horror fan on top of, you know like really yeah. pulled in if that's what you're looking for yeah it doesn't even keep you on edge the whole time which is unfortunate because you would hope that something where it doesn't maybe have the ghosts or the demons or whatever you'd hope that it would have more of a thriller on the edge of your seat feel it doesn't it's pretty boring actually yeah it was and you know i'm all about like pretentious drawn out this is by the same i think director that did black coat's daughter which it we, is yeah we reviewed over on patreon also really quick that director is anthony perkins son who that's norman bates anthony perkins played norman bates in psycho his son oz perkins directed this movie and black coat's daughter and you didn't like Black Coat's Daughter, really. Hated Black Coat's Daughter. I liked Black Coat's Daughter, and I really did not like this that much. So that's an interesting little switch up that we yeah. had here. I didn't hate this film. So we'll go into the plot, but it's really difficult to go into this plot because there's a lot of narration mm -hmm. that goes into this film. And so the plot is actually very simple, and there's not a lot of this movie's visual. Yeah. Like, I know that's kind of sounds like it contradicts itself, but the narration is very, like, poetic. So mm -hmm. it, it's not like, and then she walked over here and saw this. It's not that kind of narration. Right. It's like, 
you I am the pretty thing you are looking at now but in it's a lot of I wouldn't say symbolism but yeah I liked the narration my only problem is they kept saying I am the pretty thing you're looking at if you have a title that is a sentence long you should say it at least once please god say it at least once like I needed to hear I am the pretty thing that lives in the house at one time and you don't <laughs> just for the love of god this is gonna be like the longest title i think i've ever written yeah when i'm uploading the episode it's gonna scroll through spotify exactly yeah, i mean there's been some long ones but i am the pretty thing that lives in the house yeah it's it's long you know what i was thinking too when i was this would be probably i don't know if it is i don't think it is this would actually i think be a much better book than it is a movie mm-hmm. agreed especially since it's it's about a book basically yeah it is yeah and I think that a lot of the narration and I don't mean to say it would be a better book necessarily because it's about a book but I I agree with your point that's not what I'm getting at but I was thinking about that too I was like if I say it it would be a better book people are going to think just because it's about a book and there is narration but right it seems like there's a lot of things going on internally there's yes yeah there's a lot of quiet in this movie yes there's a lot I'd like to know more about honestly I had a lot of questions at the end that I don't understand and at the same like so our main girl is a scaredy cat about everything mm-hmm. we're horror lovers she's talking about going to this she's a hospice nurse and she's going to this elderly author's house to take care of her the author is a horror novelist I'm looking at all these books and I'm like I want to read that one I want to read that one I want to read that one and this bitch is like I can't even make it nine pages yeah, and she also has, she's a horror novelist with dementia. Like, that's an interesting, especially for somebody who's so terrified of pretty much her own shadow. Right? Dementia is scary, man. It is. And that's not even, like, when my grandmother had it, she was also a, like, she got up in the middle of the night and she, like, a sundowner dementia, mm-hmm. I think you call them. And she would stand in our doorways at night yeah this doesn't have any of that it's not that kind of horror movie but just inherently that's scary and so it's just interesting that she's going to live with a horror novelist that has dementia like that's just right a spooky vibe also her first thing in this brand new by the way this house is beautiful beautiful old new england farmhouse gorgeous but she her first night in this new house with the only other person living there is this dementia patient upstairs she calls someone on the landline and leaves her back to nothing while she talks to them bitch are you fucking kidding me that was one of my first thoughts because there's no lights on in the house and she sits at a table and there's nothing behind her. You don't have to be a horror fan to know that that is spooky. Exactly. Especially if you're a scaredy cat like that. No. Hell no. It's so funny because as you say that, that let's talk about that scene for a second. So there really hasn't been that much that has happened. So she goes to live with the woman and she's kind of spooked on her first night. She wants to talk to a friend. So she goes downstairs, talks on the landline. It's in the kitchen and the kitchen's kind of, when you walk into this house, you are looking directly at the kitchen at the end of a long hallway. And it's kind of through an archway at the end of that hallway. So she like you said her back is to that hallway and the there (laughs) this was so funny to me now that I know I don't know who the fuck stores chairs like this but 
maybe you do or your family did up on the wall <laughs> yes well, it, it's an old farmhouse thing scared yeah. the shit out of me and i because <laughs> thought- you thought they were like possessed yes i thought <laughs> I thought the fucking ghost had put a chair upside down on the ceiling and this bitch just wasn't noticing it. I was like, are you really not fucking noticing? You're looking right at this goddamn chair <laughs> that is just floating upside down. But I realized very quickly yeah. she was just looking at it nonchalantly that it was just like stored up on the yeah. wall. <laughs> and I was like, oh, but had that been a scare, I was like, I was, it got I got my heart going so it did right. the movie didn't intentionally do but then the cord of the phone starts being picked up and that's kind of when your scares start they're very subtle this is not okay. in your face movie they're kind of i hate to be a bitch but they're kind of lame like this whole time especially because of the weird camera angles and stuff you're expecting something in the background of some so- shots nothing there's never anything in the background like this phone cord i'm actually going to talk about the scene for a little bit because i'm frustrated with a bunch of it the phone cord she it's really long and it's slowly being picked up and tugged you're fucking telling me that you're a terrified person in this brand new house and you don't feel that cord pulling anybody can feel that tugging are you fucking kidding me before it gets yanked out of your hand yeah and also when it does get yanked out of her hand she chalks it up to like dropping it i'm like no no sis you're you felt it like get right. ripped away from you you know exactly what you felt exactly she's fucking dumb and then the other thing i want to talk about is i don't understand the timeline in this movie at all because eventually down the line we figure out that our our dementia lady has written books and she wrote this book this one that we're really talking about here in the 60s okay but the phone that you see is definitely 70s 80s Okay, the television that you see in her house, 70s, 80s type. And I get it. She's old. So maybe she hasn't changed stuff. But even our main girl, like her clothing is dated. You can tell that this is not or it feels like it's not a nowadays film. So it's like, what era are we fucking in? And if we if she wrote these books in the 60s and she has to mention now, is she 50? I know that can happen, but that's so rare. Is that what's happening? Because she looks a lot older than 52. So what the fuck day is this? It's like she's, it it feels very It Follows, you know, where they tried to be ambiguous. Yeah. And, you know, maybe she, because you find out later that she wrote this novel, this book about this ghost in her house who basically shared her story with her, uh, at least from what I gathered. It's kind of a movie where you assume a lot of things Mm -hmm. but she wrote this book about this ghost's really tragic life and story and death and she maybe she just got stuck in a time capsule because you do find out the ghost that lives in the had the pretty thing that lives in her house the ghost girl stopped communicating with her so maybe whatever that was she just left everything this is a total assumption left everything as it was you know and maybe just stopped because she didn't want to you know intimidate or make her leave or whatever or encourage her to you know she wanted to encourage her to come back and talk to her because you can tell this woman keeps talking to 
this the woman with dementia keeps talking to this girl named Polly, but that's not our nurse's name. Her name is Lily, and you don't know who Polly is, and neither does Lily. And she's like, okay, well, you know, she has dementia, so I'm just going to humor her. It could be you know, a friend or something like that. But then Lily's there for a long time. She's there for almost a year throughout this entire film. And it jumps pretty quickly. Like all of a sudden we're like six months ahead. Yeah. It does that so fast. I was not expecting it. Yeah. And she's talking to the, I'm assuming trust holder, the attorney of the estate, basically. She's like, she's had no visitors at all, nobody. And she has no one. And so who the fuck is Polly? And you find out that it's the ghost that she's been talking to. And she's basically upset that Polly doesn't talk to her anymore and stopped talking to her. And so maybe she was trying to encourage Polly to talk to her and just left everything as it was when they did have their conversations. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, especially when you have ghosts in the picture, who knows? They're pesty. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah. And especially like the director, the writer doesn't give us any information. So... Yeah. And like I said, this film is a lot about assumptions. Like there are some things they do come out and say, especially with the narration, but even the narrations are very vague, very artsy, very poetic. Mysterious. That's literally the, my number one comment on this is this movie was so mysterious, but it never really gave up the mystery. Yeah. And that can be very frustrating as a viewer. I was talking to someone who is a horror fan about this and they were like, oh, I didn't even make it through that movie. Wasn't it like three hours? And I was like, no, it's like an hour (laughs) Hour and a half, not even. Yeah. They're like, oh, (laughs) because it can feel like that. And I totally agree. Like it it is kind of, it can definitely be one of those. And I felt it too. It feels, it can feel very long, especially there's like one jump scare, like one good one. And and when I say good, we'll talk about it towards the end <laughs> where you're like, oh, well, it wasn't even really that scary. It just now if you were living it, I'm sure it would be alarming because it very much alarmed our girl. But alarmed. alarmed. Oh, I wanted to shout out really quick that this is actually in Braintree, Massachusetts. And I actually have an aunt that lives there. I was so excited. I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. I was so excited. I assumed they made that shit up. Nope, that is a real place. That's an interesting name. That was one of my first thoughts about this was that Braintree, that's such an interesting name for a town. Yep, real place. So when we're, this, our girl is in this house. She's also trying to understand a little bit more about her patient and also about Polly. And also there's weird shit happening in the house that she can't deny. Now, if you kind of read a little bit about the synopsis of this film, it's like kind of talks about this haunting that's going on, but it doesn't actually really talk about it in the movie. And Mm -hmm. you can tell our girl's kind of getting freaked out, if you will, but she doesn't even really talk about it either. There are some allusions to what she's going to experience later from her narration. Like if I, you know, what she's going to experience or what she's going to go through or had she known and things like that. Mm -hmm. So she starts to want to get to know, like I said, her patient better. So she picks up the book about Polly because the attorney tells her about Polly. And this seemed to be her big claim to fame is this book about Polly. Yeah, but he won't actually tell her. He's such a fucking douche. She's like, I'm too scared to read this book. And he goes, well, you should probably read the book. And she's like, but I'm not going to. And he goes, sorry, gotta go. Instead of telling her the fucking ending, which is all she wants. And it's not even 
majorly significant or I mean it I, it is to the movie because like that's the thing but it's it's not like it's I guess like hugely impactful to the story that she's living it, or yeah. even to her patient like it is because that was her life's work but it's not like it's some major huge mystery yeah, that that's my problem. When I say so mysterious, it's not exciting mystery. It's annoying mystery because it get it's that way for so long. Like this whole, you know, her talking to the the trust guy. It didn't have to be so fucking mysterious. He could we didn't have to deal with her trying to read the fucking book. He could have just told us like every other fucking horror movie that just gives us the information at some point. Yeah. And also he there like she brings up that there's like this mold spot growing He's such a fucking dick yeah like it's, it looks like black mold too like this isn't like not the stuff you fuck around with right exactly in massachusetts like yeah that shit's around all the time you fucking fix it so what she she calls and she's like so you're in charge of the estate and there's fucking black mold growing and it's like you know, it was a little spot at first and it's in this very part, like specific part of the hallway. And this guy's like, well, we don't really want to put the money in to fix it. And she's like, well, aren't you in charge of the estate? And like, it's not going to anyone. So don't you need to fix it? And he's like, I mean, maybe eventually. And she's like, well, like, it's kind of important for our health. And he's basically like, well, she's dying anyways. And exactly. And, and we can afford like, to fix everything. Yeah. And Lily's like, well, I'm not dying and I'm breathing it in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's like, yeah, sucks to suck. Exactly. And he's like, I mean, she may not live another year two. You expect her to be there another two. You expect her to live there three years with this fucking mold. Fuck you, dude. Also, then Lily even says, like, her physical health really isn't that bad. She just has dementia. And he's like, oh, well, better sooner rather than later. Right? Let's leave the mold then. Let's hope we give her some physical stuff. Yeah. Because the state is basically she's donating it to be, like, something for, like, female authors, basically. Like a, I don't know if it's a museum like, or, like. Like a, a retreat house. It's really cool. I like yeah. her idea. Yeah, for sure. And this mold spot keeps growing and growing and growing. And it obviously has something to do with this ghost, Polly. And this ghost doesn't really do anything scary. She kind of shows up every now and then. And she's in this white dress. It's very, like, fleeting. It's that yeah. very typical white ghost going through walls. And we don't exactly. see that a lot in horror. It's very, very traditional. Like you can see through her and she's this like white figure that's almost, yeah. wispy, you know, I really liked that. Plus she is, she's the murder victim in this story. Why? Like she's, you know, she's Casper. She's like this sweet little girl. She's not terrifying. She's not. I mean, I do think you could take her haunting as, you know, as Lil if you were Lily, you could take it almost as threatening. Like, are you trying to get rid of me? But if you think about what she did for the author, she told her her story. Mm -hmm. So she just keeps showing up. And one of the things, like when you were talking about the old TV earlier, of course, there's one of those like tropey scenes where it's like the TV is black and she kind of sees her and kind of one of those off-centered shots mm -hmm. like you were talking about. But you also get this 
flashback of when like her story and she is a murder victim and she's an axe murder victim too yeah that's terrible yeah the black mold is actually growing where she was basically axed to death right but this was in the 1800s we're assuming we are in the late 1900s now she would just be like bones by now oh yeah yeah i don't think she'd be causing mold problems anymore no it's definitely just more like a symbol yeah Yeah. for the ghost and haunting because well it goes away at the end so yeah it must just be pointing her yeah, and I'm sure there hasn't been anybody else other than that because the author even says she never had children, she never had spouses. She just, and this is another reason why I'm kind of assuming she kept the house as it was because she never had family or anyone. And she even brings up at some point, I think, you know, I it was always just me and you or like just me mm-hmm. and Polly. And so, you know, she now that there's somebody else in the house, she has to make herself known because she already did it once with the with the author the woman of the house and so now that there's somebody else it's time to to do it again you know and tell your story mm-hmm. again basically is what i'm assuming and well i would assume she needs to keep telling it until her fucking body is found also that because that's not something you ever get closure on yeah and I this is another reason why I think this would make a good book because there's a lot of like internal things that I think from Lily would be interesting that she's noticing and feeling that you don't get. Mm-hmm. Especially because you're assuming this is almost a, a whole year period and you get an entire year's worth of time. All of a sudden she's there and then it's six months and then it's nine months and you're like, oh, you you just got here. Mm-hmm, exactly. And you have no idea what her relationship is like with the woman that has dementia. And you assume it's pretty much like it was since day one. But after nine months of taking care of somebody, you learn about them to some extent. But in the film, you don't get any of that. It's almost like it was exactly the same way it was on day one. Yeah. I actually didn't like that part of it. I wish we would have gotten maybe a couple days of their life together or like days interspersed throughout months I think that would have been better but I I agree I didn't like how jarring it was where it almost felt like she was still just a stranger yeah especially like if you're a hospice nurse I know that you have to separate your work from your emotions to some extent but you don't get into hospice care if you're not just a genuinely compassionate wanting to make some sort of connection type person and she just had absolutely makes no connection with her at all exactly and i understand that dementia you know it it comes and goes sometimes where she could have good days where she can actually talk to lily as lily not calling her polly you don't get to see any of those days either missing that whole year it's almost like it just never happened yeah but it would have like she would have talked to this nurse that helps her out at some point Unless it was something supernatural, but I, it it doesn't ever say that Polly has any sort of hold on anybody. Like I said, she just kind of wisps through walls, you know, Mm -hmm. and shows up and is like, Hey, I am here. Yeah. The most we get as far as interaction is the fact that the author and Polly had a connection enough for her to write a book about her. And the author respected her enough to not even press her on her death like it even brings that up that she didn't 
like talk about her murder in detail in the book because she respected her too much. Mm-hmm. So obviously this ghost and this author had a pretty decent relationship. So my favorite part of the film was actually a part that was a little bit confusing. What, well, I guess maybe not confusing, but you're kind of the timelines a little confusing is when there's actually a point. So we're going to kind of get to a part unless you want to talk about something in between Kristen. There's actually a part when people cross over and the author and Polly, you kind of see the author as a younger version of herself writing the book because she passes away. And so you can kind of almost assume or hope that her and Polly get to reconnect at some level in the house in death. Mm -hmm. So if you would like to talk about the other death, I'm going to let you take the stage on that one. Are we ready? We're ready? Go for it. Okay. I'm just going to read what I wrote down and then we can talk about it more. Heart attack from seeing a nice ghost? Weak. This is why you should expose yourself to horror, miss. I can't read nine pages of a scary book. (laughs) So she comes down one night just wandering, like uh, Lily. She's not doing anything exciting. It's not like she even really heard a noise. She's just going downstairs, midnight snack, I don't know, into the kitchen in the middle of the night. She rounds the corner and she sees Polly standing there and has a huge heart attack right there in the middle of the floor and dies from seeing a nice ghost. Now I know I get it. It's jarring, but she has yet to do anything to you. That is terrifying. She has not done anything threatening to you. You had a fucking heart attack. Are you kidding me? She's 28 and had a heart attack from seeing a ghost. Yeah. I mean, if I saw a ghost, I'm not saying I would have a heart attack. I'd, I'd probably, like, just freeze in place. And I don't know what would happen, but I don't think my body would give up. Exactly. That's exactly my point. And I know it's I'm joking, but at the same time, maybe we should introduce people to horror. Like, whether you like it or not, you should kind of get used to it. Because, wow, that's... Wow. Seriously, girl? You're that much of a scaredy cat? You should probably have flexed that muscle. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's almost like when I was watching it, I was like, what happened to her? Because at first yeah. I was like, did she just like kill her? Did the ghost of the house, was this a whole year long lead up to like killing her? Is that the kind of power that the spirit has that she's been like leading up to? But no, like I did look it up before we started this because we were kind of talking about it. And I was like, nope, uh, she fucking had a heart attack yeah right she did she had a fucking heart attack yeah weak yeah (laughs) (laughs) i hated that i hated that so much and then so she's dead she's a part of the house now she's a ghost okay but the people come to the house finally because they haven't heard from anybody in a while so the somebody goes to the house tries to get in they can't they call the head of the trust he tries to get in he can't he calls an ambulance because he ends up getting in and finds out he can't get in because her body is laying in front of the door why i'm fucking pissed about that is the way she had the heart attack was like she was leaning against the door and just slid down it actually she wasn't even at the door they had little windows on the side she was at one of the windows and slid down okay so she shouldn't be in the way of the door then when you see her the next morning she's laying face first on the ground like 
diagonally in front of the door. Her body would not have fallen the way it did. Dumb. And here's the thing, too. Like, then you kind of get, you, it gets to the point where, like, you know, they're found and the lawyer is like, oh, shit, and he calls and then eventually the house is bought and not donated because you see that there are kids and stuff. So yeah. he sold it, you know? Yeah. And that she is a Lily, our nurse is now a ghost. So you can assume all three of these women are now ghosts in the house because you saw the author back at her writing desk as her young self when she was the age that she wrote the book about Polly. And you see the nurse in her nursing uniform, which is the, and this is another thing about the time because she's in that like white nursing mm-hmm. like, dress which is like very 70s or 80s yeah, yeah 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 exactly i don't understand the time frame of this yeah and the fact like okay they're all ghosts in the house now but they have no connection to one another there's literally a scene where Polly can see the writer ghost but the writer ghost can't see her so what the fuck and that was what was confusing to me. I was like, wait, do we not? Are we not all together? I don't yeah. know. So, yeah, that was that's kind of what was confusing to me, too. But so, yeah, now they're all ghosts, but the ghosts can interact with the living, but they can't interact with each other. So, it's- yeah. That, well, that sounds like a terrible existence. And it's even worse because part of Polly's narration at the end is basically that she decided to stay a ghost to or sorry lily's narration at the end is that she decided to stay and be a ghost in this house to be around polly why you've had no connection to polly whatsoever but she makes it feel like she loves polly so much she had to stay what the fuck yeah polly's like a big part of this whole story except she's really not yeah it's like forced in there but you as the audience don't feel it yeah 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 you know i liked the beginning of it as we're sitting here talking about it it's getting less and less points though like damn see and i it had a little bit more for me as we were talking about it which is funny because when i was watching it and the going through it i really didn't like it when i was watching it i was so bored Mm. and there wasn't enough to keep my attention now i was thinking the whole time i think i would be a lot more into this if i was reading it because i think it would be a lot more effective Mm -hmm. now what i did like about it was i I'm a big fan, and if you've been listening to us for any amount of time, y'all know I like pretentious art house films. <laughs> I am about it. I just didn't feel like this one did enough, and I didn't think it went there. I don't need like hereditary type disturbance, though, even for something to be art house. I just didn't think that this had an enough. Now, granted, if you do too much and you have too many moving parts, you also do poorly mm-hmm, exactly but then if you also don't have enough but there i i i'm very confused about this one because it was dull but also i thought the story was really interesting and so yeah i want to hold on to it you know it's like i'm clinging mm-hmm. on to you because I don't want to let you go, but <laughs> I still don't feel satisfied, which is a frustrating feeling. So, and I'm not alone either because I'm not going to like really, I'm not going to quite go into my rating yet, but I'm not alone because 
it has a 24% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh, geez, how many people? Only about a thousand. So it's not a huge consensus, but the ones that did rate it rated it pretty low. Now the critics gave it a little bit higher of a rating, which makes sense to me because they probably are kind of also in our realm, but it still only got about a 58%, which is still not super great on Rotten Tomatoes. And there are 19 critics there to average that 58%. And they did say slow. And somebody said, can a horror movie get on by nothing but atmosphere? And this person says, yes. And somebody says a lightly gothic murder ballad, which is a good way to put it, you know, but there are a lot of people that said it's really tedious. It's got an odd cinematic flair, vastly underwhelmed. So now I have a question because you put this one on the schedule. Where did you, why? I honestly, you want to, I literally only, I heard it, the title float yeah. around. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's definitely one of those titles that just sticks with you. you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's a sentence long. Yeah. And I had just kind of heard, it's been out since 2016 and I had just heard it floating around. I knew it was a Netflix original, so I knew it was going to be easy to access and mm-hmm. I knew it wasn't a really particularly long film. So it would be interesting to watch but i didn't know that it was done by the same director as black coat's daughter or that he had any affiliation with a24 yeah because i'm a a fucking whore for a24 but i should put that on a shirt not a whore for a24 (laughs) not sponsored but (laughs) But it it does definitely has that vibe, but it just didn't hit where I wanted it to. It, it, I felt like it was so close. It just needed a few other things. Now, I'm mm-hmm. not professional enough to tell you exactly what those things are. I'm sure there are podcasters out there that could, but I'm not. I'm not there yet, but I just, you know, you're like, come on, give me a little bit more. And it just doesn't do it. So exactly. I I may be jumping the gun here, but it probably only gets about a two, maybe two and a half from me. But that's, and I could say that's a pretty strong two and a half, but when you're only getting about a two and a half, it's hard to say strong and two and a half in the same sentence, maybe a three, but I really don't want to rewatch it again. That's, that's the thing. I don't have any rewatchability. And I think that loses a lot of points there too. No, I totally agree. I'm sitting here struggling trying to grade it because I agree. Like, the first half of the movie I really liked. The rest of it, I mean, honestly, it's probably about a three, but I totally agree with you. I will never watch this movie again. I probably won't tell anyone else to watch it. So I guess that's exactly my answer, a two. I mean, I'm a movie reviewer. I'm not going to tell you guys to go watch this movie. I didn't like it. Yeah. And like I said, somebody asked me actually, cause I posted that I was watching this on Facebook and they were like, what did you think? And I was like, Hey, first of all, you know, I do a podcast. <laughs> Second of all, I think that a lot of people would be really bored, but I think it's an interesting story that would have made a really good book. And they were like, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so I was like, I think you should check it out at your own discretion, but for it being less than an hour and a half runtime, I don't, that's completely up to you if you want to spend an hour and a half of your life watching this film i think there are others you could do that with that are better yeah if you want to watch something i personally think if you want to waste an hour and a half of your life on something pretentious black coat's daughter was better but (laughs) you didn't like it so (laughs) 
Hey, if you liked it, at least, I mean, it's the same director. What I would say with this one is if you're a film geek like we are and you're really into amazing shots and stuff like that, then you should definitely take a look at this movie. Like if you want to be a director someday, watch this movie. It would probably give you some really good ideas. Yeah, no, I agree. And like we like I said earlier, the atmosphere of this film was done so well. So Mm -hmm. you want to see how to put on a creepy like just a creepy vibes movie it does yeah. really well because i will say there were some tense moments they just all kind of fell yeah or maybe that was the intention and i'm just a dumbass like <laughs> <laughs> then we both are because i agree that it needed a little bit more and i don't need fucking you know animal jumping out from behind no, but in. even just polly walking through the back of a scene a couple times probably would have done it for me and i probably would have been happy that's all I needed. I think Not I made much. her up in my head at one point and I was like, ooh, but I don't think she's actually there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, thank you for hanging out with us for I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House. This is kind of an interesting one. Unfortunately, it didn't get that high of a rating, but it made for an interesting enough review. So, you know, five out of five exactly. on the review. Like, I don't know. <laughs> So I think we did a good job banter wise. Yeah, you know, we did great for this one. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. You can find us, of course, on all of our social medias. Everything is the Extra Sisters podcast, or our Twitter is at the Extra Sisters. If you would like to come hang out with us on our Patreon, we talked about that we reviewed Black Coat's Daughter on Patreon. So if you head over to Patreon, you can unlock that. We have two tiers $1 and $5, and it is patreon.com slash the Extra Sisters podcast. So you can join our little family over there. And next time, what was once trapped will now be unleashed. Till then, stay creepy. 